Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome to Revive the Drive. My name is Daniel Bennett, and I'm joined by pastors Rich Brickle and Art Georges. And It's a, a joy to be in the studio with them recording Revive the Drive here. Guys, in this episode, we're talking about ministry through the local church. We've, kind of This overall series is about ministry in the local church, and we're talking in this episode about why we need to minister through the local church. And I, I uh, had a blog article here that I, I knew would drive art crazy here, <laughs> so I, I thought I'd read it, and I, I wish I could film it and show it to hear what this is. But it's a very popular Christian author. He, he claimed to be a Christian <laughs> okay. author, and you, yeah, you know, know where I'm going, right? Now I know. He said, uh, this is his, he wrote a blog about about not attending church regularly. <laughs> Wait, why are we listening to this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it did, it. he was surprised at that. That a Christian author writing about not going to church didn't go over well with large segments of the evangelical population. He was he he writes about being shocked by that. He goes, uh, "I was naive to open such a sensitive conversation without expecting a backlash, and was taken aback at the response." Many people thought the blog was saying people shouldn't go to church or that I had something against church. None of that is true, and yet most of the influential Christian pastors I know who are not pastors, do not attend church. Uh, Perhaps it's something we should talk about in an open, safe environment, an environment like Revive the Drive. Open and safe, right, guys? And then he (laughs) he says this uh, as he kind of goes through this article, and and he he says, uh, he he talks about how some of the people that he was receiving the backlash from said that uh, he has no community because he's not part of a church. He said, those comments are also surprised me. It was as though people thought because I hadn't been to church in years, I had no community, that I lived in isolation. This is untrue. My community is rich, deep, spiritually sound, gracious, sacrificial, and at times, because I'm an introvert, exhausting. What I hadn't realized before I read those comments, though, was that I had worked to create my community, communities everywhere, and every church you've attended was a community that somebody sat down and created. Mm. Like Jesus Christ. I happen to think a lot of them look exactly the same and have no problem making mine look different, but it's still a community. Millions of people who do not attend church have rich, meaningful communities that they created or have joined. You could create your own community out of your home in a matter of months. So the implication he seems to be saying is, look, you guys are kind of being a little uptight about this. You're being legalistic. Church isn't the best thing for every Christian. And to impose the requirement of church on everybody is is unfair and, and, and borderline, uh, I, you I, might even say pharisaical. The implications for that, there, there's so many implications for that, of course, but one of the implica- implications as we talk about ministry is, well, if, if church isn't necessary, then to tell a person that the ideal ministry engages and equips and strengthens and is through the authority of the local church, to, to tell a person that is, is to impose some pharisaical no. legalistic requirements <clears throat> as well. I'm guessing that you guys are going to, with me, advocate for the local church. Mm-hmm. We're not going to encourage someone to sit down and create a their own little community out of Legos or, or something like that. Um, right. 
So, so why? Why well, is the local yeah, church so important? I wonder, uh, just in my experience, if this has become more common. Um, I, I know a couple who told me years ago that they chose not to serve God within the local church, but rather through their Christian school. And was that okay? I mean, we're going to do carpools. We're going to get together. You know, we'll do life together. Is that okay? And, and, uh, you know, they're, they say that they're exercising their gifts, they're being ministered to, and that's a blessing. That's more of the universal church as opposed to the local church. But there's one thing in my mind that's missing from that, uh, that uh, approach, and it's something that Scripture is very clear about, is that God has placed an authority structure over each Christian within their local church. And it's not an authority structure that's lorded over them. Rather, it's a very humbling thing to the elders and the shepherds, the, the the pastors that would be over them, because those leaders know that they stand in account over those sheep before God. And so uh, how do they know they have sound doctrine? How do they know that uh, they're accomplishing something that would be for God's glory, as we spoke of in the first session? Those are the things that they do without in the context outside of the local church. Yeah, there there are... Thanks, Art. There, there are two um, sad concerns that I, I think about, and there are a number more sad concerns that could be thought about in that article. Um, the, the first is that a, a biblically literate person uh, could hold such a view is, is, is a sad thing because this, it, it runs so contrary to everything that you read um, from the inception of the church in Acts, you know, all through Acts, and then the epistles are letters to churches, and and uh, it, it the, the New Testament is just drenched in the significance and centrality of the church and the life of the believer, and and so um, it's a reality though that that many, I'll say, biblically literate people still haven't haven't embraced and understood, just as Art you were saying that the. Uh, the message in the New Testament regarding the church, but but secondly, I think the, the next sad concern is that um, the the local church of Jesus has, um, has 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 expressed itself in such a way that this kind of thinking is tempting. Mm-hmm. So so the answer to this, of course, is not just simply to go to church, because it's possible, and I think not just possible, but I think. For many, this is their experience that they go to church and don't experience the richness of community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, why, if I if I recognize that community is so important, and I'm not receiving a church, why do I need church? Yeah, that's you know, good. Well, and especially in a day and age when you can hear good preaching on the radio and right. and uh, you know interactions with other Christian friends through prayer, like I'm sure this that's what this man's talking about. And so, so that's a sad concern is the church has expressed itself in such a way it's tempting to think of it as superfluous to our to our lives. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, part of the temptation lies in the a lack of, of biblical understanding of the nature of the church purpose of the church. What are some other reasons people might be tempted to not do ministry through their local church? I, I guess we're talking about um, n- people, we, we talked before about people just saying, I'm not going to do ministry, but but now we're talking more specifically about the need to engage the local church in ministry. And we're not saying that every ministry needs to be within the walls of that church. We're just right. saying that the church needs to be involved in it. So what are some other reasons that people might be tempted to say, you know what, I'm not, I'm going to do this ministry and I'm not 
going to engage the church through this ministry. Right. Well, I think my thoughts are go hand in hand with what Rich just expressed in the fact that the local church doesn't always do what they should be doing well. And so uh, we would say, you know, there's too many difficult people within the local body of Christ, so it's easier for me to function outside of the body, and I don't have to deal with those that I don't necessarily care to be around. Uh, and yet we know that God has placed through the Holy Spirit love in our hearts for the saints, and there's always going to be saints like me who are difficult to deal with and saints who are easier to deal with like you guys. And and so that's part of how we express and how we know God better is that he He loves us unconditionally despite our uh, our various nuances. There's also the issue where uh, they may, this individual may have a heart's desire for ministry that the local church isn't invested in at that time, and so they think, well, I can do it better on my own. And uh, we in our churches, I think, see a person like that and say, oh, wow, let us resource you, let us invest in you so that you can bring that ministry under uh, the umbrella of the local church to the glory of Jesus Christ within the church. Yep. I also think as well that one of the reasons that a person's tempted to not connect to the local church is that there is a lack of passion for the glory of Christ, that the motivation is something other than Mm. that I would live my life for the praise of Christ. So, for instance, if I'm going to help orphans, um, I do so to help orphans, and that makes me feel better about myself, that I'm a loving person and I am compassionate. Mm. But if that does or does not bring glory to Christ, then that's sort of secondary. Mm. Um, you know, recently uh, we had this World Vision sort of fiasco where World Vision uh, said that they were going to begin to allow uh, people who are involved in homosexual marriages to serve. And World Vision is a you know a ministry that reaches out to the poor, but they are uh, you know expressly Christian, that they say that the gospel is center. And so um, there was this uh, big discussion among evangelicals, and there was a divide. Some evangelicals were saying, uh, well, we should still support them because it's all about the kids, and others were saying, no, we shouldn't support them. And again, it's it's easy for us when we, when we remove the primary motivation of the glory of Christ mm-hmm. from the equation, then it's easy for us to be in error. And, you know, I think of Ephesians chapter 3, uh, in which Paul's writing, says, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach the gospel. You know, he's just overwhelmed that he, a huge sinner, could be involved in, in ministry for, for God. And he says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God may be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places, and this is in accordance to the purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So Paul is saying, you know, I'm excited about preaching because it's through preaching then that the, the manifold wisdom of God is made known through the church to heavenly realms. And so his, his real excitement is that Christ would be glorified even among, in the angelic realm through the church. And, and uh, you know, it is impossible to connect to the glory of Christ 
if we are disconnected from the local church. Mm-hmm. So that 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 is the the driving issue for me. Why is the church so important for all of its its imperfections and difficulties and because we're and acknowledging problems. those exist. They exist, and it, and sometimes bring glory to Christ in the church is very hard. It's very very hard, but it's impossible outside the, outside the local church. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really good because I I I sympathize to an extent with with the frustrations people feel sometimes. And I'm, I'm sure you guys have, have had this happen as well, where a person has come to you and they have a, a great idea for a ministry. You're like, man, that would be great. But that's step four, you know, and we're on step zero, and they really want to do step four. Like, man, we got we to gotta get steps one, two, and three down before we can do step four. There's mm-hmm. kind of a, a process of maturing of, of our church, and mm-hmm. so we can't do this ministry yet. And it's it's hard to say no, and, and I understand, again, sympathize to a degree with, with the weakness. But – uh, if our focus is on the glory of Christ, kind of like we talked about in our last episode, the the end itself isn't our only goal. It's it's the means by which we go through the, the process of the ministry. Paul would say in Colossians one that his his uh, his goal is to proclaim Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. He doesn't say, my goal is to take all the mature people and really do ministry. He wants to proclaim Christ and as, as a body uh, reach that, that, that finish line together. And so right. what good does it do us if we've reached the finish line with, without Right, and in the, the process, there's such a valuable uh, process of learning to submit and to love and to hear and to listen to one another as we go through that, uh, maybe those steps two, three, to get to four. So, so let's... Sorry, Rich, were you going to say something? No, that's okay. So, so Art, let's 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 turn to that now. A person says, "Okay, I'm convinced of my need to be involved in ministry because I listened to your first podcast there, and I am convinced of my my need to do it through the church." Now, how do I go about the process of of doing that? Yeah, yeah. Well, what are the steps? What does it look like? Um, well, I think that uh, there, there's generally going to be a leadership structure that that person would uh, uh, go to uh, um, and uh, someone that they know is uh, helping to lead the church and express that vision, that passion. Um, and we have to think as we hear that vision and that passion that this is someone who God has placed in our body for uh, his glory and for our good and for our opportunity. and. First Corinthians 12 talks a lot about that, the various gifts that exist within the body, the church being uh, similar to a physical body. And, um, and so you would uh, submit that desire to a leadership that allow them to pray with you and encourage you to sort of uh, pour their wisdom and insight into that plan, that vision, that passion, or even that area of involvement. And then let that person begin to explore uh, that ministry uh, through uh, testing the water, so to speak, begin to minister in the way. Let's say that it was to start a, a new uh, opportunity to, to feed poor in your community, maybe a, a food pantry or something like that. Well, then let's talk about what the goal of that is. Let's keep it on task that it's for the glory of Jesus Christ and not just to be socially benevolent. Uh, but to do both, they said, Paul, remember the poor, and he said, that's the very thing I wanted to do, but mm. to, to proclaim Christ. So 
uh, appealing to those within the church that uh, might be able to guide that person through the process. Yeah, in, in Ephesians 4, we have very clear instructions, don't we, about how people become equipped for ministry, uh, at least a, at least the beginnings, not so much the details, but he, God says that he gave uh, apostles and prophets and evangelists and the shepherds or pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature manhood. And, and the idea there is that God gives specific individuals in the church the responsibility to lead by equipping others mm-hmm. so that they would minister yeah. um, and that everyone would be involved so that the whole church would become mature together, yeah. that, that together then as, as everyone's equipped. So, so clearly, and I think our next, our next section, we're going to talk more about the specifics, but, but it has to do with uh, pastors and elders and teachers yeah. in the church fulfilling their responsibility. I had a young lady that came to me, and she had a, an idea for a ministry that she wanted to start. Um, but she submitted to uh, our teaching within our local church, and the process began to help her to be stronger biblically uh, because the, her first approach may have been somewhat man-centered. But as you are mentioning, she submitted herself to the pastor's teacher's and began to get some equipping through the bringing the Bible to life uh, so that her counseling ministry would actually be biblically based as opposed to psychologically man-centered as it sometimes can be. And what happens, I think, whenever you encounter a person who's really an excited person about a specific ministry, sometimes they they can operate with blinders, right? Mm-hmm. Right in the story of uh, Melville's Dr. Collawunder Cuticle, He's a ship surgeon, and he's excited about the opportunity to perform an amputation on a sailor. And he begins to perform this this amputation. He's getting all excited about it, and he's giving this long speech, and he, he doesn't notice that the patient has died. During <laughs> I, nev- the I never want to meet that doctor. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, me neither. Don't get on a ship in a Melville story, I guess. Okay. Is the, that's like a life lesson in so many ways. But, um, but you know, a lot of times – People who are passionate, and I can include myself in this on a certain issue, tend to have blinders to the to everything else that's going on. And so being around leaders, other people who are going to equip us, help us understand how our, our ministry in the local church uh, meshes with everything else that's that's going on. That, that doctor, he, uh, he seemed like he didn't have as much folks compassion on the patient as he did a desire to have a leg up on everyone else. Oh. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> so, so no, you know, we're, we're continuing to talk about why it's so important to have ministry through the local church. And that a passage Ephesians 4 mentions it, it's an integral to be uh, equipped through the local church and then to express ministry uh, along with those shepherds and teachers right. and, and right. pastors and elders. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's hard for us uh, to imagine that it's possible to do a really, really great thing but accomplish very, very little with it uh, because we look so much at the horizontal impact. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, hey, if you're working with orphans, it doesn't matter what else happens as long as right. their bellies are fed and, and you know, they're, they're clothed and 
and uh, their physical needs are taken care of. That's that in itself is a huge effect that matters. And you know the, the scriptures, uh, while again it commends compassion, it commends the feeding of the hungry and the clothing of the uh, cold. Um, you know Paul. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, this very context, chapter 12 and chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians is about us working in the body together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because the church is about love and our purpose is about love, love to God and love for one another. And and Paul says, you know, if I give away all that I have and if I deliver my body to be burned but I have no, not love, I have gained nothing. Mm-hmm. Um if I have prophetic powers and understand mysteries, so as to remove mountains, you know, in other words, huge effects that we'd say, wow, that is a huge impact. That person made a huge impact. Yeah. You know, Paul's evaluation, you know, if it's not centered on this issue of love, love for God, love for one another, then it really is nothing. Yeah. We haven't done anything of eternal value. And and that's the Christian perspective is that that we're not just here for temporal value. Yeah. And there's a lot of things we can be involved with that, that are, are temporally valuable. Yeah. But God created us for eternal value, and he created his church for us to connect to that eternal value. And there isn't another medium, there isn't another instrument outside of the church to, to connect to the eternal value of loving God and loving one another uh, for the glory of Christ. Right. For the person that's listening or the persons that are listening that may have a ministry idea that uh, it seems like it's going to take too long to go through the local church uh, Trust the process because God often has a lot of neat things uh, along the way that you weren't expecting, uh, so trust the process. Thanks, Art. Thanks, Rich. Good note to end on. Uh, when we get together next, we'll talk about how to become equipped for ministry in your local church. We hope this is encouraging to you as you revive your drive 